Hello and welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast, episode 100. This is the episode that I wanted to release a bit more than two weeks ago, but today we are the 19th of July and finally I am releasing that episode. Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. So I'm going to start uh, by explaining why I am so late <laughs> into uh, releasing episode 100, and then I will uh, go on with the, um, with the content of the episode. Basically, this episode was planned to be released on the 1st of July, 2021. And 1st of July, 2021 is the national day of both of my countries, uh, Burundi first, and also, um, and also Canada. And I uh, wanted to make that link between uh, the country of my roots and uh, the country where I'm living, where I am living right now, uh, Canada. I will not necessarily do that uh, today, right now. Uh, I will be more focusing on uh, doing, uh, explaining uh, five advantages to uh, being a, a consultant in uh, in Canada. Uh, this is what I will be talking about. But first, prior to do that, I'm going to explain why I have exactly 18 days of delay with releasing the episode 100 of the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. So I'm very proud and very um, uh, happy to have reached uh, 100 episodes when you know that most podcasts, I know that maybe right now there are about 2 million uh, podcasts or maybe a bit more, I don't know, but it will keep, it will keep growing uh, during the next uh, decade, that's for sure. Uh, but a lot of podcasts that exist uh, are not really active. So uh, you have someone that releases uh, one, two, five, ten episodes, and then they uh, they get tired or they get bored or they don't want to continue, and um, podcast that stops there. But it still exists. It is not removed from uh, from the uh, from, from all the platforms. So it's still counted as a as a as a podcast. When we talk about two million podcasts, we count Joe Rogan. We count. Uh, Pat Flynn Smart Passive Income Podcast, as well as uh, anyone that has started a podcast and that just has one episode uh, that was published five years ago and they have never come back to it. So what happened? Basically, I wanted to uh, record the episode uh, for the 1st of July on the 30th of June, so uh, the, day, uh, the day before. I did not necessarily wanted to uh, to do it just the night before, but um, circumstances made that uh, it, it was my uh, my best moment, the moment in which I had the most energy uh, and uh, creativity to uh, uh, to to do it. Otherwise, I would have done it uh, quite a few weeks uh, uh, in advance, and I should have done it. Why? Because on early June, I decided that on the thirtieth of June, I will do a uh, surgery. Uh, and uh, it was a uh, surgery on the most important body part uh, for a podcaster, the mouth. <laughs> I just noticed that. I was, uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, I would have told you that it's the brain that is the most important, but I, no, I, I, believe it is the, I definitely believe it is the mouth because um, I could use someone else's brain. Uh, I could speak uh, on behalf of someone else's brain uh, to, to run a podcast. Uh, if I cannot use fully uh, my mouth to speak, uh, I just cannot be a podcaster. So uh, the mouth is the most important part. So what I did was a, um, a, a surgery on the gum. So it was a, a gum graft. Uh, and I expected some uh, 
uh, I, I completely underestimated uh, uh, how hard the recovery uh, uh, will be because uh, I expected to have some disturbance during uh, uh, two to three days and then I would uh, restart to live normal again, even if I had uh, shutters, uh, I don't know how to say to pronounce it properly, but uh, S-U-T-U-R-E, so uh, shutters. So what has happened uh, for that uh, uh, for that surgery is that uh, I expected uh, that the, the dentist will take uh, part of my gum somewhere and uh, put it uh, and put it where uh, it's uh, it was needed. So basically, when you have a gum graft, it's uh, it's usually because your gum is uh, receding too fast or uh, receding in a worrying way, and uh, you don't want the gum to recede to a point where you will just lose your um, uh, you will just lose your teeth. And I'm pretty young for having that problem, but yes, I do, I do have that problem. Uh, that normally now uh, should be solved for life. Uh, but uh, and I, I said, okay, I don't, I didn't want to wait uh, too many months for too many years to uh, to do it. Uh, it was not urgent to do it absolutely right now. I could have done it maybe next year, but I said, okay, let's do it now. Let's focus uh, on health and just let's get that done at the end of June uh, because uh, I'm not traveling. Uh, the week after, etc. So uh, recovery should be uh, should be fine. And I was thinking I would do the um, surgery in the morning and in the evening I will um, record the episode. <laughs> but uh, when I did the surgery, surgery was uh, uh, was painful. Uh, but uh, still, you get um, there is numbness, so uh, they uh, they make sure that uh, you don't feel it too much. Uh, you actually feel it, but you don't have necessarily the pain. But uh, the pain started to come uh, two three hours uh, after the. After the, the the surgery, I started to have uh, quite serious pain. Uh, I used uh, medication for uh, to ease the pain, but then uh, in the evening it was uh, it was still too much, and I could I, I just could not. I started to to see that I could not use uh, my mouth uh, completely, and uh, I said no, I cannot. I just cannot record the episode. And I said okay, I will be uh, I will be late for a few days. And actually, the ter- the um, the first of July is a Thursday, so and usually I. Um, Publish episodes on uh, on Mondays, uh, but I wanted to make a, like a special episode for the number one hundred, and I said, okay, maybe maybe wait, wait, uh, wait this weekend. You will uh, uh, the episode that you wanted to release on Thursday, you will record it during uh, on Sunday, and then you will be able to release it on the Monday. So that would have been the Monday fifth of July. But still, no, it was uh, it was even worse because um, uh, I was supposed to remove uh, the sutures. Um, so how the graft was done was that so i'll try to explain so how the graft was done i thought as i said i thought that they would take part of my gum somewhere and put it elsewhere but no what they did is they took a uh, part of my uh, palate so they uh, they had to uh, cut open the palate uh, the palate on the right my right hand side uh, and uh, yeah that is definitely more painful uh, but also the recovery was uh, was much harder, uh, mostly on the palate. So I had cuts and and um, and shooters on both the palates on the right hand side and the gum. For the recovery of the gum, actually it was uh, it went actually very well. Uh, it's the palate that took uh, way more time. So um, I was supposed to come back the Wednesday after, so seven days after the surgery, uh, I was supposed to to come back to remove the the shooter. But during the weekend, the complications that you can have after a, a gum graft is a swelling i did not have any uh, any swelling no i, I did not have any uh, uh, recognizable uh, uh, swelling of uh, my cheeks but uh, what i had is uh, excessive bleeding so you're supposed to bleed uh, during the first day so during the 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 following hours so you could be bleeding from the gum and from the uh, 
from the palate, but I was uh, I was bleeding from the palate even several days after. So uh, during the weekends, during the first weekend, I was uh, uh, I was bleeding several times. I had to come back to the dentist. Uh, then uh, when I came back, it was uh, it was on the Monday, so uh, the day I was supposed to also publish uh, a consulting lifestyle episode. I came back to the dentist. Uh, the dentist cut open again my palate on the Monday, so five days after the surgery, and he put other uh, other suture. Then two days later, then on that day, he told me, instead of coming back on Wednesday to remove the sutures of the gum and the palate, you will uh, come back on Friday, so four days later. Two days later, on Wednesday morning, I had again, uh, it was again uh, bleeding a lot uh, from the from the palate. And, and when I say bleeding a lot, it's really like, I, sometimes I did not uh, recognize the difference between my uh, saliva and uh, and blood. So I didn't know when there was a liquid in my mouth. I was like, I think it's blood. I think it's saliva. I was always coming back to the to the bathroom to to check what is it? Is it red? Is it <laughs> is it a normal color? Uh, and very often, very often, uh, I would have uh, blood that has um, uh, coagulated very quickly uh, uh, in my in my mouth. So I would have to. Uh, uh, kind of uh, speed it out. Sorry, sorry to share those gore details, but <laughs> that's how bad it was. And then, uh, from a timeline perspective, on the, so I had the surgery on the on the Wednesday, thirtieth of June. I came back on the Monday, fifth of July. Then two days later, I was again bleeding heavily, and I was very pissed, very annoyed uh, by that. A, a bit worried then because I was uh, like, I don't know how much time it will take. I, I knew that it will not uh, happen my whole life, but I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how long it will take. It maybe it will take a month for I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then I had to come back uh, to the to the dentist and again cut it open, again painful, again uh, put other sutures, and it was like. Uh, it was still. I still had to come back on the on, on the Friday, two days later. Then two days later, it started to get better. Actually, um, I was still. Uh, I had still some pain, a bit of bleeding, but not too much. Uh, but it was starting to get better. Uh, and then on the one on the on the Friday, so uh, the doctor checked and said, "Okay, no, we will not remove the shooters today. We will remove it. Uh, we will remove them on the Tuesday, on the the next uh, the the next Tuesday." So. In terms of timeline, it means that it is uh, six days uh, from now. So we are the 19th, and then it was the the Tuesday, the 13th of uh, of July. And then when I came back uh, on the on the Tuesday, we finally were able to remove everything. So on the Friday, actually, they removed the sutures of the gums, and the gum uh, started to even recover even faster. Uh, but the palate, they, uh, they for the palate, they remain, and uh, for the palate, we removed them on the last Tuesday. Then I said, okay, you know what? Uh, because I still had some, uh, I could still feel that it was uh, partially, my palate was a little bit partially open and still had to uh, to recover. Uh, but now I can feel that the, the palate is uh, fully recovered, still some sensitivity. So I'm, uh, I was eating mostly uh, liquid food, uh, food that is easy to chew. I had to chew only from one side, etc. I lost weight. Uh, I actually noticed that uh, uh, eating liquid, mostly liquid food and uh, uh, uh removing some ingredients from my uh from my diet uh actually helped into uh into uh, losing weight mostly like um, removing bread for example like, because bread is something that is pretty harder to chew uh so i i, I directly felt that uh, i was uh, uh losing weight <laughs> uh so that's one of the the, the positive side is that uh, i was already uh, thinking about uh, for example removing um 
carbohydrates or reducing carbohydrates from my uh, uh, from my diet, but I could uh, I could notice that uh, when I was forced to do it, it had actually a lot of uh, a quick effect on my uh, 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 on my weight, uh, and uh, all of that without doing any exercise. I was not doing any uh, any exercise. I will only restart to uh, to exercise um, uh, this week. Uh, that's because I with the instability in my mouth uh, the, the the possibility that i can uh, bleed uh, from uh, whenever from wherever uh, i i need i didn't want to do uh, any sports uh, i could work uh, but i could do the the essential stuff uh, for work so and i was trying not to have too many meetings in which i had to speak but i could work and i could speak it's just that uh, I, I was fortunate that it never happened during a meeting that uh, all of a sudden i was starting to bleed it happened between meetings, but not uh, not during a meeting. So uh, that explains why I am only releasing uh, episode 100 on the 19th of July instead of the 1st of July. Uh, and for uh, two weeks, I was, or I would even say three weeks, I was at episode 99. <laughs> so I'm very proud and very happy to have 100 episodes and I have like more than 70 uh, interviews and solo episodes. So if it is the first time that you're listening uh, and I am sharing that uh, medical uh, medical updates uh, that eventually uh, uh, went well. Uh, Consulting Lifestyle Podcast is uh, hosted by myself, Diogenti Randecoura. I am myself a consultant since uh, 2007, so since 14 years. And uh, what I try to do is I try to share my own uh, my own story and experiences and my opinions on some uh, things that are done in B2B consulting. And as well, I try to have interesting people to uh, to interview uh, on the show so that you get something uh, that you can use for your own consulting career or your own consulting business. Uh, what I wanted to talk about uh, on, the, on this episode 100 is about consulting in Canada. Uh, I wanted to uh, make it uh, special about it. Uh, I also come from Burundi and Burundi is also the National Day on the on the first of uh, on the first of July, but I think I would reserve it for another episode or something that it will be more related to uh, uh, to consulting in Africa. So five reasons why it's great to do consulting in Canada, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna share them not in order of importance, it's just in order of what I was thinking about. The first one, and it's a, v- a big comparison with the European culture and let's say the European Latin culture and uh, also the African culture actually, that there is less hierarchy. Uh, sometimes when you go into a, um, you, you you go to work for your employer or you go to work at a at a client office, you don't necessarily notice who is the uh, project manager, who is the CEO of the company, who is the department head of a of a service, etc. That's because uh, usually in the way we uh, in the way people sit or in the way people behave, uh, people are very very approachable. I've seen that a lot. Uh, in Canada, and when I talk about in Canada, I have been in uh, Quebec. Uh, Quebec uh, can be relatively a bit more. Actually, uh, there is a bit more hierarchy in, uh, 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 in in Quebec compared to other provinces. I've been working in uh, in the province of Quebec, in the province of Ontario, and in the province of Alberta. So uh, that's like three different provinces uh, over Canada. I've been in uh, British Columbia, but I have not worked uh, extensively uh, uh, extensively there. Uh, but, uh, and I have been working also with uh, companies that are in the public sector, in the oil and gas sector, in the technology sector. So um, I've also been working with different types uh, of organizations. 
And uh, recently, I also work with um, uh, organizations that are a bit smaller, so not huge organizations where you need to make a SAP implementation, but also uh, organizations that need uh, smaller tools, such as, for example, Asana for uh, project management. And one thing that I like is that there is less hierarchy and people are more approachable. That's something that is very important because when I was, because of my education and also when I was working in Belgium, I could feel I could feel that I absolutely need maybe a meeting or I need a I need to have some courage to to go up and talk to a to a superior. And when I have to talk to a superior, it's necessarily to talk about something related to work. But here, I can see that it is much more open and uh, and approachable. The other thing uh, is that. A uh, second advantage to working in Canada is that Canada is uh, one of the richest countries in the world. I don't know the exact ranking, but it's it's a Western country where uh, people are thriving. It's a country where uh, for COVID-19, uh, for uh, about a year, uh, maybe a bit more than a year, the government uh, decided proactively to uh, support uh, most Canadian uh, citizens and, uh, and companies. Uh, I'm not I will not make a debate as to whether it was the right way to do it, the right amount, etc. But still, they did something. There are a lot of countries that cannot afford to do that, uh, and so Canada is a is a very rich, uh, a very rich country, both financially and also in terms of resources. But this country still needs a lot of uh, a lot of things. Still needs to be developed. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, all the opportunities that are inside the land all across the all across the country uh, the country has about um, i think it's between 35 and 40 million uh, people are living in canada uh, and but that country is the second biggest country in the world after russia so most of the country is empty and that's the thing it's very strange there are maybe five or six big cities uh, with more than a million people uh, but for the rest it's all small cities or villages or uh, areas that are just inhabited. That's for it's for sure influenced by the climate. But even if you remain at the south of Canada, it's not overpopulated. That's one thing. And the thing is that companies that uh, are trying to tackle, trying to solve problems, they uh, find themselves a lot uh, in uh, having to work on big projects, whether those are construction projects or those are technology projects or uh, those are um, uh, business transformation projects, etc. And those companies. They uh, struggle to find, uh, to find, and to keep a skilled workforce, and that is valid in many industries, and that is valid in many provinces. The the province in which I live, Quebec, is uh, there is a, a shortage of workers in many many industries. So I believe that it is great. I mean, it's not it's not great per se because it means that uh, projects are going slower or, or just not getting done because you need more people nor skilled people, but it's, it's, it's great to do consulting because it means that uh, you are useful. You can be useful for several uh, uh, organizations as long as you have skills that are in demand. And that is something to, uh, that is something to, pay, uh, to pay attention to. Another, uh, an, another advantage of, uh, of Canada, is, uh, and that's mostly for me, uh, is that it is a bilingual country. I come from a country that, is, um, that has three uh, official languages. So in Belgium, there is uh, German, French, and Dutch. Uh, French and Dutch are like the two dominating uh, languages. German is a little bit on the fringe. Let's say there are not, not many people that are uh, German speaking in Belgium. And in Canada, it's the same. It's a multilingual country, meaning it's a bilingual. Uh, so the federal government, uh, you can uh, communicate with them both in French and in English. Uh, in Quebec, uh, you have like the official language of the province of Quebec is French. But uh, I live in Montreal and in Montreal, there is that mix of French and English. So I really love it. 
So uh, I believe that this is also a, a great point if you are yourself a bilingual person. But there are also languages that are not in the official languages that are also uh, pretty widely spoken about. Um, I think uh, 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 languages for people that are from uh, Indian origin, like uh, Hindi or Punjab, you also have uh, uh, Spanish, you also have Arabic, you also have Chinese. So all because there are uh, several communities of uh, of people that speak those languages that are living in Canada. But from an official perspective for work, it is great to uh, to speak both uh, French and English. So if you have that advantage or if you have that uh, desire to learn, if you speak English and uh, you desire to learn French, it's great also to be uh, uh, to live in Canada and be um, and be bilingual. Another thing uh, that is great is that if you have an industry specialization, uh, you can have a your uh, kind of dream province according to your industry. So, for example, if you're a lot on, in oil and gas, uh, definitely Alberta would be the great uh, would be a great choice uh, for you. If you are more into uh, uh, farming, agricultural transformation, even if it's agricultural technology, etc., I believe that what we call the prairies, uh, which uh, contain, uh, uh, I think Saskatchewan and I think also Manitoba. Uh, these are uh, uh, provinces that can be uh, that can be very suitable for you. Yeah, there is a bit more public sector. I see that there is a lot of uh, a lot of big projects, a lot of work uh, that are done in uh, uh, that is to be done in Quebec. That definitely would be uh, will require uh, to know the French. Uh, if you are more into environment, uh, liquefied gas, there is a uh, British Columbia as well. So depending on the industry, you would have to to choose. Uh, what are the the, the most suitable uh, provinces where you will find uh, where you will find great opportunities? And I, I believe that it's a great uh, that it's also an advantage of the country. And then, last but not least, I believe it's also a great country for uh, uh, to uh, to set up a uh, consulting firm. Uh, why uh, there are a lot of programs uh, that are helping entrepreneurs. There are a lot of programs that are helping companies. If you are part of a uh, a minority, like uh, you're a woman or a visible minority, there are also some programs for that um, that are provided by the federal government and certainly sometimes provincial governments and maybe even your uh, municipality, your own city, there, there may be some programs. If, when you want to set up a business, uh, there is a lot of information that is available to you, a lot of programs that you can leverage uh, in order to start. So that's also a great, great uh, place where uh, you can start in, uh, in consulting. So this is what I wanted to share uh, for uh, for this 100th episode. Expect uh, now that I am uh, recovered and I should not have any other uh, uh, big health issues. Uh, there will be some uh, interviews that are uh, coming up in the next uh, in the next weeks, as well as uh, uh, some solo episodes uh, more related to uh, what I'm doing right now. Started a new uh, a new a new contract in uh, in June, and uh, I think I'm gonna talk about the role that I have. Uh, uh, over there and, and the, that role in general, which is the role of a product owner. It's part of the Agile methodology. Uh, and that's interesting uh, because I am, for this project, I'm not uh, on the side, if I can say it like that, of the consultant, but more on the side of the client. And I believe it's a very great perspective to, uh, uh, to have and to share uh, because it is also something that the consultant can, uh, can do. So uh, very happy and uh, thank you for listening until the end. Uh, consulting lifestyle so it's uh, 19th of july today episode 100 the next episode will uh, uh, come up uh, next monday so the 26th of july uh, and for sure i will 
keep uh, find back my consistency <laughs> into releasing uh, releasing this, those episodes. So tell me what you think. Uh, tell me what you think about uh, if you live in Canada. Tell me what you think about the five things I have mentioned. Uh, and if you are not living in Canada, if you have any questions, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, either at uh, my email address uh, info info at uh, erphappy.com uh, so erphappy.com or directly on LinkedIn uh, Diogen uh, Tihan de Kura. so I'm just reiterating those five things first one being the fact that there is uh, less hierarchy uh, than in Europe so uh, even your leadership is very approachable that's the Uh, first advantage. It's uh, the second advantage is that it is a country that still needs a lot of things to be developed, and they need people to do it. They need skilled workers to do it. Uh, third one is that uh, it is a bilingual country, so it has its own charm, and it has that has its charm and that has its particularity. So if you're bilingual, it's a, it's a big advantage. The fourth one is that uh, you can really pick and choose. Uh, depending on the industry that you want to specialize in, if there is an industry you you want to specialize in, you can really pick and choose the province that is more suited to your uh, uh, to your choice. And five is that uh, last but not least is that Canada as a country is very good for entrepreneurship and for consulting because of all the programs and all the help that you can uh, that you can have when you start uh, and you try to grow a business. So thank you very much uh, for listening to me today. Uh, I will come back with more consistency and I see you next week bye bye thank you for listening to the consulting lifestyle podcast leave a review on itunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host diogen tirande courant